Welcome to another edition of the Weekend Review. My name is Michael Crutcher and with me, Jordan McDonald. Jordan, we missed last week's Weekend Review because you were on leave. Uh, great to have you back, but how was the week? That was great, but the weather wasn't all on our side, but we had some good patches there and it was a nice break. Tell you, probably better last week than this week. Plenty of rainy skies around yes. southeast Queensland at the moment, so... Yeah. We're here to talk about the things that have taken our eye in the last week in terms of audience engagement, things that keep people engaged, whether it be screens, most likely, or any other things, news events, and also the general world of media. And one of those things, and it seems funny to talk about this, Jordan, in November, which is sort of traditionally a quieter time in terms of sport, but it's the resurgence of sport in terms of what people are consuming in their general days and last year and in their last podcast we spoke about the drop-off in news from 2020 to 2021 the factors for that were obviously people coming to terms with COVID it was a big shock last year and also um, the absence of Donald Trump from the front line of the political scene but those uh, eyes have gone somewhere else and it turns out they are moving in some directions to sport and some findings in the last week saying that um, we are watching more sport at the moment compared to this time last year. Some findings from the US about that and also in Australia we saw uh, an increase in the NRL grand final ratings uh, last month and went up uh, substantially from the 2019 grand final ratings for Channel 9. The AFL grand final ratings for seven were also good. And in the US, we're seeing data that shows us that the top two topics in media in October of 2021 were number one, coronavirus, but down significantly from last year. And number two, you just can't get rid of can't him. Can't shake him off. He said Donald <laughs> Trump, number two. But then... Three, four, and five are NFL, football, and ESPN. So all sporting ones, which didn't have any of the top five last year when there were different things. So sport is back, and there's reasons for why sport is back, I think. And one of those ones we spoke about, Jordan, was just the tiring of people when it comes to news about COVID and news about politics. People were tired and looking for something else. And I think that's a time when we go and look for sport as a bit of a refuge. It's uh, easy to watch, easy to follow, and it's easy to talk about things with our friends as well. Yeah, definitely. People are – COVID has been around for a long time and the fatigue is setting. And we've mentioned the fatigue a few times in the podcast in previous weeks. Um, but, yeah, I think interest in, in politics in general has also just plunged. Um, I'm looking at the social media, that's sort of my area, the social media side of things, the social media interactions – so those being the likes, comments and shares on politics stories, just even over the last eight weeks has dropped 37% compared to late spring. Um, and engagement on uh, POTUS's Instagram account has steadily waned too. So interactions in October were down 78% from February and 59% from June. Yeah, they're interesting numbers and they can't lie, the numbers when you get those levels um, so what happens next? I'm sure in Australia the political discussion ramps up at the start of next year when a federal election is coming around. But there's implications for this, I think, in many different ways. And one of those is 
the fact that that's good news about sport from a free-to-air TV viewpoint because we've often said that there's one thing that streaming services can't really do well and that is live sport. Yeah, of course you can watch sport live, but it's not the sort of thing that people often go back and watch again. So, for instance, if there's a Friday night football game on, people tend to like to watch it at the time. Not many go back in numbers to justify a streaming service uh, going in and spending a lot of money on it. But there's also the thing in Australia called the anti-siphoning laws. And there's this legislation that always creates controversy, but it's legislation that ensures that some big sporting events have to be uh, shown on free-to-air TV first. So free-to-air TV gets to say whether it wants to show them or not. It doesn't mean they can't be shown on um on streaming or pay television at the same time. But Australia has that uh, connection there. So that often blocks the likes of streaming services or pay television, which we see in other countries. And, you know, a lot of people sometimes in Australia don't understand that, for instance, you might go to other countries and the national cricket team or the national football team won't necessarily be on free-to-air TV. You have to pay to watch them. Uh, Streaming services in the US, particularly the likes of uh, YouTube uh, and some others, have picked up NFL games and Major League Baseball games and they're experimenting with them. So while Australia has the anti-siphoning laws in place and people like to watch sport live, it remains a really handy play for the free-to-air TV stations to be able to stay in that really competitive zone. Um, I'm not sure what you think, Jordan, about that, but certainly the, the live sport is something we do live. We love it live. We don't like to watch it on replay as such. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I have KO, for example, but I can't recall any time I've gone back and watched the full replay of a game. The, the, the live appeal to a, a live game or a live broadcast is, is certainly still there. It's very prevalent, especially in my age, in my age demographic. Um, we all love to attend the sport, love to watch the sport live and then love to watch it with our mates. Uh, and then over social media, we can all talk about it at the same time. So, What's that social media interaction like then for your demographic in terms of there's the, you're watching a game on television at home. What's the interaction like from a social media viewpoint? The interaction's great. I mean, I th- I'd argue that we now watch sport with two devices and, you know, that, that online commentary that we're... That, the second screen gives us, I think really enhances the game, enhances any sport that we watch. I mean, the NBA is fantastic at it. They have so much so much content that they put online specific to social media that gives us uh, an enhanced view of, of some part of the game or, or some interview. And, and that just that, that's only good for the game, in my opinion. Um, but I also think this notion or this concept of the of second screen it's sort of almost, uh, it, it's changed a bit. I think TV's actually almost become the second screen. And I think that really started to take place from sort of 2019. There was a survey done and it collected all this data and it looked at the average screen time we spent on TV versus the, the devices. And it was the first time that we'd spent more time looking at devices and the TVs. And since then it's just, in, that gap's increased year on year. So I'd argue that, now the the TV is the sort of the background to our first screen, which is now the device in our hand, and that's sort of how we consume our content now. Unless it's you know it's a massive notable sporting event like the Olympics, for example, I think that's something that we'd still 
sit down in front of the telly and watch, which the numbers did indicate. That's a great point if you think about people who do spend that time and even actually during games as well, people with their heads down interacting with their mates at times and you have to get your head up to understand it's a really important stage of the game mm. as well. So that second screen, that's a good observation in terms of the time it's taking for people and it's being able to – we had on one of our podcasts um, earlier this year, Deb Riley, Deb being the former production designer of Game of Thrones. So Deb creating the worlds that so uh, mesmerised people with that show. But the challenge for Deb of creating worlds that could be you know, taken in and all their grandeur on a big screen and also on a smartphone from someone sitting on the train going to work. Um, but the nature of the size of the screens and the ability for people to not worry so much about that because that screen was part of that life. Absolutely. So keep an eye on what happens with sport. And, of course, in Australia, um, we're in that sort of October, November when sport is a bit quieter because of the change of seasons. But overnight, the Australian team winning a World 2020 cricket semi-final. What a finish. It was what a great a finish. finish. In the middle of the night, but uh, one that is worth watching. But then, of course, December 8, the Ashes, the first test starts here in Brisbane, a much-anticipated Ashes series, with the Big Bash League starting uh, in December as well. So I think for cricket, it'll be a really telling summer, but there's nothing better than an Ashes summer with that established BBL. And, of course, right now, the women's BBL is happening and getting great numbers too. The standard of cricket there is uh, is great to watch and a big weekend in Mackay this weekend for that. So plenty of sport, although not the traditional season's time yet, but that's uh, going to hit soon. Speaking of things streaming-wise, Jordan, you've come up with one on where children's TV sits in the overall battleground. What's that? Yeah, so this one caught my eye during the week. It's uh, to do with streaming, uh, the streaming platforms again, and it really looks at the kids' content that goes on these streaming platforms. There's a massive demand for the content now across just about every streaming platform. So what sort of drew my eye was kids' content used to be perceived as the sort of tool that would you know, retain retain customers, stop people from cancelling, and that was traditionally parents who were cancelling subscriptions. So it wasn't seen as a driver of subscriptions, more something no, to stop people it was, it was to keep them there. Um, so, but the kids just churn through the content so much. The kids would... They do contribute to a lot of the minutes consumed on streaming platforms. Um, but now it's believed that the kids, that cohort, or that audience, is now a key driver for growth on these platforms. So what I looked, I looked into it a bit more uh, and it sort of said the kids form a highly engaged cohort of young users whose appetite for content is, as we know, ravenous and often infinite. They just go and go and go until there's nothing left. Um, they so do. They've got a great talent for it. Yes. So most major streaming platforms now have realised this and they're eyeing kids' content as their next big investments. Uh, there's a short list here I've got of a couple that I might just run through to give you an idea of what they're looking at. So Disney Plus looks to be the company to beat at the moment. They, uh, they Turned two this week as well. Yes, that's exactly mm. right. They removed most of their content from Netflix so that their content can almost exclusively be viewed on their platform only. Uh, now Netflix in the background has quietly amassed 
an army of children and family and executives to create some counter-attack content. And I reckon it's going to be one to watch given the success of Netflix's other original series in the past. HBO Max recently inked a deal to provide five new seasons of Sesame Street with 35 episodes. That started last year and is still continuing at the moment. Uh, Apple TV signed a deal with Sesame Street Workshop uh, to provide a Sesame Street spin-off called Helpsters. It's also producing a new series based on the Peanuts dog called Snoopy in Space. Roald Dahl, the story company, um, uh, was acquired by Netflix in 2019 and I'm yet to see what they've put out yet but that'll no doubt be a winner for the kids' audience. Uh, and then you've got Viacom CBS, which is home to the iconic brands like Nickelodeon and Noggin, they launched their kids-specific streaming services, but also producing content for Netflix. And then the Alvin and the Chipmunks owner uh, has engaged in some sale talks with Viacom CBS this month. Well, I don't feel so old then because you did mention Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl uh, yes. Snoopy um, and the likes which were around when I was a kid. So I don't feel as old as that. But it is interesting in the way that we're learning about these things because even Disney plus now being two years old this week, I think it's a challenge for everyone that things move so fast and the things that you think are a winner can be a year later or two years later, um, nothing or, or insignificant. And so I think that's the game and it's been happening now in media for, um, I guess, maybe 15 years, the way that uh, media organisations have tried to keep pace, the ones like Facebook who have not just developed things but also acquired as well because of the wealth that they have that they've just bought in to try to get things as well. But the kids one's interesting because it's sort of a, a slow burner as such. I mean, these shows have been around for a long time. But I guess now that they're seen as a, recru a, re a subscription driver, not a uh, method to stop churn, probably changes the way that companies look at what they do. And like some of those ones too you mentioned, especially the Roald Dahl ones, I'd imagine they'd also have some interest level for parents who grew up reading those Roald Dahl uh, books as well and those wonderful characters. So there'd be some sort of way you could cross over there maybe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like we know, kids chew up all the minutes on streaming platforms and parents ultimately pay for it. I think there's benefit in streaming platforms trying to bring the two audiences together as the family unit and uh, create content for that. Yeah, and that's one of the things too that I think as time goes on, the way that the streaming services reach out to their viewers and you set up your account. Now, if your children happen to get on your account, you do then get reminders from the streaming services, hey, here's a show you might like. And you think, my goodness, I have no idea what this rubbish is. Sounds like it's something that happens to you. Yeah, I think it does happen to me, actually. <laughs> and you're learning all the time what these shows are, but yeah. the, I don't think the kids particularly care about um, sometimes what they're watching under their own names or other names. It's just click, 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 there's mm. a menu, there's a show, and I'll, I'll watch that. But the data they must have... Um, in terms of these streaming services on who watches what must be immense. So oh, it would be huge. And like you said, they just go through the titles, click, click, and consume. Sorry, consume. Um, that was one of the things I noticed in some of the data that 
these big investments are trying to fix this, this churn that they this young audience has. They just get content, consume it onto the next one. And that's why previously these kids were jumping platforms and they were they were trying to retain the, the kids. But with these big investments, they're hoping to have enough back catalogue and keep creating new things to keep the kids there and keep the acquisitions coming. So yeah. It's one of the things too where I think kids are much better in terms of how they look um, through menus and sometimes my generation in particular aren't used to those big menus and they can become quite confronting mm. when you have endless lists of shows that you can possibly watch. Now, I know that uh, for newspapers and printed newspapers, we know printed newspapers are, uh, have gone down drastically over the last decade or so, but there remains a very healthy group of people who get printed, uh, who have subscriptions to news organisations and who will download the um, printed paper, if you like. They'll download that because it's a curated experience. Okay. And they will say, okay, someone's curated this for me and told me what they think should be on page one, page three, page five, etc. And that does take out some of the, I guess, the, the job of the reader or the consumer to find out what matters most to them. So mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see how that changes as the years go on because right now I think our, our, our kids – they don't have that menu fatigue or being daunted at menus, no. whereas my demographic aren't used to that. After a while, it does become daunting. So uh, that's another fascinating part, and it's one of the reasons that I think newspaper editors in particular continue to learn about their audience, but the downloads of the e-paper remain very high proportion among uh, subscribers, okay. maybe for that. Okay, great. Now, speaking of a... Uh, that anything in particular you're watching this weekend that can help someone who might have menu issues? Ooh, what are we watching at the moment? I think Shannon's dragged me into another quality viewing reality TV show. The uh, the Love <laughs> Island <laughs> really? is um, is what we're watching at the moment. So we ripped into that last night. I think that'll consume most of my weekend viewing. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Well, I mightn't follow you into that one, yes, but fair uh, I'm sure people will. I that's did watch the other night um, a, a series that involves uh, the, the Disney sort of spin-off star involving, it uh, seems a 10-part series with uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez, okay. which is a murder series. Oh, Only Murders in the Building. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been recommended that one a few times. Yeah, so I've seen the first episode of that. It's a, it's a quite different from a normal Steve Martin, Martin Short mm. thing, which shows my age. But Selena Gomez obviously brings youth to it. So very interesting production value. So I'll give that a roll, see how far I get. Yeah, let me know. I'm, I'm curious. Will do. Have a great weekend. You too.